Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. This is John Katsimatidis. Well, it's Wednesday. We're only halfway down the through the week, and we got all sorts of problems all over the place. Uh, in the studio with us today, we have Judge Richard Weinberg, Governor Pataki, and Congressman King, and Rita Cosby. And where do we start with all our problems? Oh, John, Ed, the world is erupting. I'm really worried. Uh, Lebanon, uh, they're protesting outside the U.S. Embassy. I Shots fired. The embassy's on fire. It, this is scary stuff, John. Really scary stuff. And then in the Capitol, thank goodness, U.S. Capitol, peaceful protests. But protests are erupting all over the place. And now, uh, Governor Pataki, we have the President of the United States over there. And he's saying, well, you know, on the hospital explosion, it looks like the other team. He won't even call Iran out. Uh, what do you think? Well, the other team was a ridiculous choice of words. First of all, I'm glad he went. I think showing the American president going to Israel at this time was a positive thing. But I'm glad he left before he had a chance to screw things up. And, uh, and, <laughs> glad he left Israel. <laughs> yeah, thank God he left Israel. He should have taken on Iran and made it plain to Iran that you do anything that we pre- are prepared to do whatever Israel needs to help them defeat you. He should have taken on Hezbollah and linked them to Iran. They are a 100% wholly owned subsidiary of Iran. Uh, and uh, he should have done more to support the Israelis instead of talking about, well, be careful with what you do. Um, the message should have been, you do what is necessary right. to protect your innocent citizens. Pete King, you seem to agree, too. You know, I think about uh, for for all the foibles of Trump or whatever else, and I think of Reagan, too. I think of these moments. I think of Trump right now. If he said, do not touch a hair of an American. And I think of Reagan saying, you know what, don't you, you know, it's that it's it's peace through strength. We don't hear it. You have to show strength. You can't be apologetic either way with Israel or not. You can't be putting always qualifiers on it. They were with you, but don't do this. Don't do that. That sends such the wrong signal. Absolutely the wrong signal. How and, concerned are you, too, and Judge Weinberg? I'll you tell you what concerns me. I'm watching these kids on the college campuses and members of Congress defending the indefensible. Evil is evil. End of story, period. They're defending this ruthless, barbarian attack against innocent civilians as if it's justified. Judge, I think that's an important lesson here. That we This is exposing the rot in American universities. Uh, and it's just something that has just been... Terrific for our country, and now I think the public are seeing it directly. Yeah, so, yeah I, I saw a poll today that 50% of uh, young adults between 18 and 34, more than half of the adults between, uh, young adults between 18 and 34, do not support Israel. And this, this is the midst of all this going on. So that's, that's the next generation. Yeah, that, I think you're right. The, you know, the rot of the educational system is really manifest. Well, what about the propaganda war, too, as you're talking about? In the middle of all this, uh, not only were there folks on college campuses, but there was also the U.N. And all these people, they they, they seem to be eating this up. Also, the American media yes. immediately yes. jumped in and said, oh, my God, Israel blew up this hospital. Then they backed off and said, well, both sides are claiming the other is responsible. But it just shows... The instinct is to go after the people on our side. And also the, the fact that they keep saying both sides, it's moral equivalency. It's like saying it's us and Hitler, it's us and uh, Hirohito. The fact is there's good and there's bad, 
And right now, Hamas and Iran and Hezbollah are evil. When you wage war, there's going to be collateral damage. Yeah. It's regrettable, but it, Israel doesn't try to do it. Right. The other guys go in deliberately and savagely to I do it. I understand the ambassador's on. Yes, uh, we have right now uh, Danny Danan. He is the former ambassador from Israel to UN. Also, he's now the chairman of the World Likud. Uh, Ambassador Danan, you and I got together when you were here in New York. It seems like not so long ago. Boy, is the world uh, on fire. And, and we're talking about this propaganda war where the media and so many others, including the U.N., were taking Hamas's side like it's verbatim. Uh, you know, I, I'm in shock because, you know, last night when we were waiting to hear the, the final result from the IDF inquiry, you know, I was upset to see all the condemnations. But to now, well, 24 hours after that, and you still have the U.N. Secretary General saying that he, he doesn't know what to believe. Uh, Ashida Talib, I don't have any expectations from her. He's still claiming that we targeted the, the hospital. So how can you accept such a behavior, such lies? That's, that's unacceptable. Uh, and I think we have to be ready for that. You know, we haven't started yet. We, we will retaliate for the massacre of 1,400 Israelis. They will pay a heavy price, the terrorists. So, yes, we expect our allies, especially the U.S., to stand with us, even when it will not be easy for all of us. You know, can you tell the world, to some of the information that's come out in the last few hours? Because yesterday the story was breaking. Uh, but there seems to be a lot of things that even President Biden, who was over there in Israel, and I agree with Governor Pataki, I think it was a great thing to have him there. Um, but he even said that the intelligence he's getting from the National Security Council and Pentagon back up what you're saying. Can you just tell everybody, because there's some pretty strong evidence suggesting it was Islamic Jihad. Well, it's, you know, you can look at my Twitter account and, and see the footage yourself. It, it's, it's proven. It was a barrage of rockets from the Islamic Jihad. This rocket was aimed to Haifa, which is a big city in the northern part of Israel. It was a very big rocket. Uh, it malfunctioned, and it fell in the yard of the hospital. So no one can argue with that when you see those pictures. You know, you see the rocket, uh, part of the barrage fell directly into that hospital. So how can you, you deny it? How can you say we, we are not sure about it? So that, that's pure incitement. You know, it's a blood libel against uh, Israel. And I think we will have to be ready because now when we're starting to engage with Hamas in the next few days, I'm sure they will spread horrible lies about uh, our troops. We will do our best to minimize the, the civilian casualties. But every casualty in Gaza is on the shoulder of Hamas. They are the ones to be blamed. They started this unprovoked attack. Ambassador Dannon, do we have any, any idea how many casualties were in that hospital? Well, we know for sure that they exaggerated with the number because the hospital itself was not uh, hit by, by the by the rocket. So it was people who were in the yard of the hospital. They claimed that the beginning that it was 500. That's for sure not the number. You know, I cannot tell you the exact number. If it's dozens or, or more than 100, but for sure it's not even close to the numbers they published. And, and you know, that's official from the Palestinian Authority, from the Hamas, who put that number. And you can see the New York Times, you know, adapting that language and all the other uh, uh, newspapers, you know, immediately without verifying the facts, they published it. And that caused, you know, riots, uh, demonstration against U.S. embassies. Uh, and that's part of the incitement campaign. Congressman King? 
Hey, Mr. Ambassador, thank you for your service, and you did a great job here on your ambassador to the U.N. Let me, let me just ask you, though, how concerned are you about Hezbollah coming in, and is there any doubt at all that Iran coordinates everything involving Hezbollah, everything involving Hamas, and is Israel equipped also if uh, Hezbollah becomes fully engaged? Well, you know, we, we know for sure that both Hamas and Hezbollah are proxies of Iran. They get the funding, the training. You know, the, the level of the operation uh, that we experienced and the, the element of surprise, it, it wasn't, you know, uh, planned in Gaza. It, it came from Tehran. We know that uh, Hamas uh, uh, militants flew to Tehran to train uh, on some of the aspects of the attack. So we know Iran is behind it. Regarding Hezbollah, you know, we are fighting Hezbollah. In the last few days, we had, you know, few attacks uh, on the northern border, uh, rockets and uh, missiles. So it looks like uh, it's going to be for escalation. It's not our interest, but uh, we are paying attention and we are capable. We are capable of fighting both fronts. And I would advise Hezbollah uh, not to try to, to challenge us at this time. You know, we after this horrible attack, when we are still, today we found, bodies of innocent Israeli. Just an hour ago, we found two bodies of a father and his daughter. She was uh, on a wheelchair. She was handicapped, and he took her to this festival, and it took us, unfortunately, more than a week to, to find those bodies of the father and the daughter. So I would advise Hezbollah not, not to test our patient those days. Mr. Ambassador, it's Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. Are you concerned that Iran is going to come in directly or just use surrogates? No, I, I don't think Iran will make that mistake. Uh, I think they will use their proxies. They invested a lot on, on their proxies. Uh, and now the question to see if it will be only Hamas or both Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, and I, I think that also the, the, the important visit of President Biden to the area sent a clear message to Iran to stay out of it. But, you know, in the Middle East, you never know. You don't look for logic when you deal with radicals. That's something we have learned uh, in the experience we had with them. And uh, Ambassador uh, Danny Danon, also, what is the latest, uh, too, with the hostages? I know that is obviously first and foremost so much for, for you and obviously for Americans and all over the world. That that makes things so complex. Has, do you get any sense? Is there any updates that you've heard on that? So yesterday Hamas uh, released a, a video of one of the hostages you know, we know that uh, there are 200 uh, hostages being held in Gaza today. Some are being held by Hamas. Some are being held by Islamic Jihad. And some are being held by, by, by private people from Gaza who broke the fence and took part of the, of the massacre, raping and kidnapping. So it's not only Hamas. It's, you have, you know, private individuals who are holding now kidnapped Israelis and Americans. They just to show you that the the amount of hate that you have among the people in Gaza, uh, and it makes everything much more complicated. Well, Ambassador uh, Danny Danon, thank you. Danny, thank you very much for calling in, and uh, stay, stay thank safe. Thank you for your support. Yes, thank you. thank you. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. Thank you so much. And now calling in from the streets of uh, New York, uh, Curtis Sliwa, to find out what the heck is going on in the streets. Is it a combat zone? What happened with that woman that was thrown onto the tracks, uh, Curtis? You know anything? Uh, no, I think you're referring to the uh, young lady who passed out and fell into the tracks. I think she was having a medical situation. 
uh, that's the last I heard of that. But we that heard again, that she was pushed onto the tracks, and she's in critical could well condition. Be. Could well be. Uh, but then again, on 50 that's Street, on a, was it, uh, Yeah, I think so. At least that some of the reports are. By the way, so Curtis, how are things on the streets? And also, uh, what about the protests, too? Because there's a lot of protests out there. Yeah, well, I just uh, came from Astoria. They've closed down Steinway Street, uh, right off of Astoria Boulevard, two blocks from the 114th Precinct. All the Palestinian supporters are there, Palestinians for Hamas. They're demonstrating. Uh, I myself, I'm on my way now to Floyd Bennett Field, where the city of New York is putting up three tents to house uh, illegal aliens. They claim they're going to be uh, mothers and children, but it never turns out to be mothers and children. It could be as many as 1,500 single, able-bodied young men of military age with nowhere to go, nothing to do. And by the way, many of them from the sub-Saharan North African section, which have active uh, cells of al-Qaeda and ISIS in uh, Mauritania, Mali, Chad, and the Sudan. What the heck are they doing in the United States of America? Well, they fly Ask to Joe Mexico Biden. City. Ask Joe Biden what they're doing here. Yep, they cost them 18000 They fly to Mexico City. They work their way up to the border. Next stop, New York City. We feed them. We clothe them. We house them. And we provide them with cell phones. We provide them with health insurance. This and the rest of us have to go. The rest of us have to go to the airport, take our belts off, take our shoes off. No, they don't. Remember, they're untouchables. They're asylum seekers. They get arrested. They got cut loose. There are no ramifications, and we don't have ICE involved. ICE has all the information on the potential terrorists. Uh, Congressman Peter King worked very closely with ICE out in Long Island and throughout the country when he was uh, the head of the. Uh, uh, intelligence uh, and terrorism uh, task force that was put together by the House. you got to have ICE. Our city refuses to work with ICE. Our state refuses to work with ICE. They have all the data. They can stop potential terrorists from coming in, and we won't let them do their job. Curtis, you're absolutely right. The mayor and the governor, all of these forces that don't uh, allow ICE to do its job, who don't cooperate with ICE, don't work with ICE, it's an absolute disgrace, and it's just inviting an attack. And by the way, there's no such thing as a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state. The law of the United States is the immigration law. There's no such thing. They should say so and stop that nonsense. Curtis, final thoughts. Final thoughts are I've got to stop the tents in uh, Floyd Bennett Field like we've stopped the migrant centers in seven other communities. Uh, I will organize the people. The people will be able to stop the tents. Trust me on this. Stay safe, Curtis, and we'll talk to you later on. Thank you. And uh, Rita, let's go to Rita right now. Yeah, and actually, uh, coming up after the break, John, we have Congressman Michael Waltz, uh, former Green Beret, talking about the role of Iran and maybe a little bit of appeasement by our president. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now here on the Katz and Cosby Show, Rita Cosby, also Peter King, joining us here for this great interview is Congressman Michael Waltz. He is the only Republican on the House Intelligence, the Armed Services, and also Foreign Relations Committee. Also, a former Green Beret. Congressman, what is going on with Israel, and how concerned are you? Uh, we're hearing these comments today from Iran saying that they plan to send shockwaves to Israel, um, some really inflamed rhetoric. Well, that's right. And I've said uh, since day one that this is 100 percent Iran. Uh, the administration is trying to make these uh, the Biden administration, these kind of false distinctions of, well, yes, we admit complicity. We admit and recognize that Iran armed Hamas, gave them the ammo, gave them the training, uh, gave, has given them uh, sanctuary and legitimacy and funding but we don't have evidence of necessarily direct involvement, and we keep pressing them and will continue. What exactly uh, do you mean by that? Are you saying that you don't have, uh, I don't, you know, the Ayatollah on the radio with Hamas fighters, so therefore they weren't directly involved? It's ridiculous on the face of it. And frankly, what I had hoped to hear uh, from President Biden as he went to the Middle East is a recognition uh, on the need to reverse course when yeah, it comes and you know, to all Iran. he said was don't all it. he said was don't i mean i couldn't believe it yeah and further uh whenever you whenever you stand uh in israel uh and whenever everything you hear from the administration is kind of a lecture about human rights you're playing right into hamas hezbollah and iran's hands because essentially what you're signaling uh, is if they can create a false flag, if they can do what they historically do, heck, what they even did to me in combat, the Taliban regularly fired uh, on my men from hospital schools and mosques trying to generate a response. And essentially what the Biden administration is signaling every time they, they, they talk about human rights, human rights, human rights to Israel uh, is is that they're going to play right into their hands. They're going to get weak need. Uh, and uh, this, this is right out of the terrorist playbook. And, Mike, first of all, congratulations and thanks for all the tremendous work you've done over the years in the military and also in Congress. You mentioned Iran. The fact is Iran is also the major force behind Hezbollah. So to me, no matter what That's happens right. in Israel, Iran is the driving force. And I 
All I think is that the Biden administration made a terrible mistake at the beginning, wittingly or unwittingly, as far as trying to get closer to Iran, bring Iran closer to us, and they can't admit it right now. And uh, to me, it's it's really this, – this has potential for real disaster if we don't pin it on Iran now and, and send them a severe warning. No, that's right. I guarantee you, uh, just because the same people that are around Biden were around Obama, uh, every conversation sounds something like, we need to, you know, we need to prevent an escalation. We can't, you know, we can't give Iran an excuse to come into this. Uh, we need to get, simmer things down, and that will be read as weakness. That will be read as opportunity. Uh, there are times uh, when you need to escalate and show costs in order to restore deterrence and restore the peace and, and restore peace, uh, restore peace. And you know, right now, Iran sees nothing but upside. Uh, in this situation. And my my fear uh, where this could get truly get existential for the existence of of the Jewish state uh, in Israel is if you suddenly have a forefront war Mm -hmm. uh, with the West Bank, with Syria, with uh, uh, with Hezbollah and Lebanon and uh, uh, Gaza, we have a serious, serious issue on our hands. And the difference between now and years ago is they have precision-guided missiles that once Iron Dome runs out of uh, ammunition, and we can't let that happen, but should it get overwhelmed, you can hit desalination plants that will take out their water supply. They have nuclear power, government buildings in Tel Aviv, the airport, which is the lifeline out. Uh, This could get very serious for Israel very fast. So we we don't just need rhetoric from the Biden administration. We need a signal to Iran and to Hezbollah. There will be costs uh, and we will stick with Israel for the long term. You can't, you know, you can't trick the world with civilian casualties that will pull the rug out from under support. Mike, I think we're leading ourselves into that trap, though. I mean, the, the president is. First of all, we're talking about the hostages as much as he's doing. That makes us hostage to what Hamas uh, 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 does with the hostages. They can hold us off. They can say we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And also this right. whole moral equivalency they have, whereas, you know, your team and our team, and uh, obviously Israel has to strike back, but then they put these warnings on them, but uh, yeah, don't target civilians. Well, yeah, they're never going to target civilians anyway, but civilians are going to get hit in a war like this. Well, well that's absolutely right, and this is just all about, uh, you know, at this point, as, as any of us who had to deal with these terrorists over the years know, it's all about leverage. And that's what the Israelis know. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, they're, you know, when they're saying, look, absolutely, um, we will give you certain things when you release and only when you release the hostages. Uh, but the Biden administration, uh, will allow that to get turned on its head. What the Hamas is saying right now is, well, we'll release the hostages, uh, when you stop any type of military operation. So it's, you know, this is an appeasement strategy from this administration gone horribly wrong. All of our adversaries smell weakness. This all started uh, with the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. And it shouldn't surprise anyone that all of our enemies are on the march right now. Yeah, it is a scary uh, time. I feel like the world is like a tinderbox right now. Uh, Congressman Mike Waltz, thank you so much for being here on the show. And you got to come back on again soon. And thank you for your great service to this country. Thank you, Mike. All right. Thank well, you. Thanks so much.
Thank you so much, Congressman. Great to have you here. And by the way, uh, just coming in, John, uh, President Biden is going to be doing a primetime address from the White House tomorrow, national address, uh, talking about the Israel-Hamas war and also Ukraine. So it's going to be and we did very get, interesting. And we did get confirmation. A woman in Midtown critically injured after being uh, shoved into the subway tracks. Wow. Very scary. You know, it's, uh, you know, between crime and everything else these days, uh, really scary stuff. And joining us now to talk about just how overwhelming everything is, especially as we're seeing what looks like the world on fire with happening in Israel. Uh, let's go to Dr. Mark Siegel. Uh, Dr. Siegel, you know, it, it is really overwhelming. I mean, when you look, especially when you're dealing with terrorism and Islamic Jihad and, and our greatest ally in the Middle East, Israel, there's, people are feeling overwhelmed. Well, I actually want to start where the congressman left off. I, I know him and I admire him. Uh, he said some very strong things, but I want to put this in Kasimatidi's terms. If the president of the United States goes to Israel and these three countries refuse to meet with him, Egypt, I mean, the Palestinian Authority, Abbas, are you kidding me? Jordan? Well, how about he says, my pocketbook closes now. Any country that doesn't meet with me doesn't get a penny. I mean, we're giving money to Iran, and we have to decide whether to to pull it back or not, or why we give it in the first place. We are acting unbelievably weak. Dr. Siegel? By the way, the the numbers that have not been made clear, uh, Dr. Siegel, is about a year ago, year and a half ago, Iran was... Uh, was doing 400,000 barrels a day. Now they are doing, the Biden administration has allowed it to go up to 3.4 million barrels a day, translated into $100 uh, oil or $95 oil, $100 oil. That's $2 billion a week in cash. Wow. By the way, can I say one thing? I want to elect um, Dr. Siegel for president. He I said want to he elect was, John. You, no, you John for president. I'll, I'll be vice president because listen to, listen to the clarity of, of, I mean, John is now healthy again. Listen to the clarity of what you just heard. That's what it's all about is the world, is the world economy. And whatever you think about President Trump, it clearly was moving more towards energy independence. What about taxes? I mean, it, 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 it's staggering well, that we would be doing thing, this cut. To make it very clear. The Biden administration, for reasons unknown to me and to a lot of people, I got calls from ministers in uh, in uh, Canada the other day. Uh, they're they're turning on Venezuelan oil, which is the dirtiest oil in the North Americas, the dirtiest oil in North Americas. Instead of getting the oil from Alaska or Canada, you go figure that out, or or Texas. Oh, and that's. That's part of why we're empowering the enemy. And we go there and talk about he goes there and talk about two state solutions. And he says, I mean, I, I'm hoping this was 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 a cognitive impairment talking when he says there are two teams and I'm choosing Israel. What what is the other team exactly? It's a gang of, of, of terrorist murderers who, by the way, and this hasn't gotten enough attention, is using an information war. I mean, they're the ones that are claiming Israel bombed that hospital, and it, first of all, it was the parking lot. Secondly, people didn't die. Thirdly, it wasn't Israel. But that's what you would expect Hamas to do, and the entire left-wing media reported it as fact. And the U.N., too, by the way, uh, Dr. Siegel. This, the U.N. is also buying into it. It's like, are you kidding me? There was an argument, by the way, on CNN. You may have seen this. 
Dr. Siegel, uh, the reporter there, the host of CNN, was arguing with the head of IDF, the spokesperson, saying Hamas said, and he's like, uh, let me tell you what hard to, no, 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 but Hamas said, it, it was like, I, I mean, this is incredible. They cut, they cut the guy's mic, and this was in the middle of the night, but luckily we all heard it. And Rita, thank you for bringing it up. I know, I couldn't believe it. I was like, it was one of those moments, like, that's like me saying, well, Bin Laden said, you know, I, I mean, I, you you've got to be kidding me. And then the rest of the other piece of the story here is it comes. You're completely right, Rita. And then it comes over here to the United States, and you have people that are that are in the universities, the the, the, the overt anti-Semitism, and forgetting that you know people were were defiled and and the depravity of the situation. They're they're using it as a, it's all Israel's fault. That's almost every major university in the country, including my alma mater, Brown, which at least the president of Brown is not in, not involved in this. But NYU, there's fighting going on and all of these pro-Palestinian marches. And it's 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 beyond beyond belief. And by the way, that's not to say I'm against free speech. It's to say I'm against hate speech. And, and, and Hamas is very, very aware of what they're doing. Dr. Mark Siegel, thank you for uh, your input. And uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. And we've got to go to a hard break. And after the hard break, uh, who do we have, Rita? We have a GOP presidential candidate, Governor Doug Burgum. He is coming up, and there's a lot of security. And by the way, he's going to tell us how every state's a border state and what a disaster an open border is that's affecting even North Dakota. Find out. On the border of Canada. Yeah, on the border of Canada. A lot more ahead. You're commuting home. Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, boy, leadership is a huge issue is what we're seeing or lack thereof in uh, many spheres. And joining us now, as there are so many issues overseas, but also with our borders, too, as well, is GOP presidential candidate. He is also the current and very successful governor of North Dakota, Governor Doug Burgum, joining us here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, governor, it's great to have you here in studio and uh, on the phone. Rita, great to be with you and John. And was just listening in. You guys were just nailing it on that last segment. I got to tell you, I mean, we got Joe Biden is funding both sides of two wars. When we're funding Iran, Iran is selling armed drones to Russia. Uh, so they're, we're, they're funding our opposition in our proxy war with Russia. They're funding Hamas and Hamas and Hezbollah. So they're funding the opposite side of that war. And, and then, of course, we're in a Cold War with Russia. So Joe Biden has got us in, in basically two active wars and a Cold War, and then funding both sides of two of those wars. It makes no sense. And Dr. Siegel, with these oil exports, the sanctions, and, and John, Venezuela, I mean, encouraging Venezuela to produce more energy, produce, get Iran to be shipping all this oil. Who You know where it's going? It's going to China. China's refilling their strategic petroleum reserve. And the United States... Joe Biden drained ours ahead of the midterms for political purposes so that literally the State Department, the Biden administration, asking our adversaries to produce more energy, they're not. And and when I'm your president, America will be selling energy to our friends and allies. We won't be asking our adversaries because the Biden administration, they've not been to North Dakota or Texas or Alaska. North Dakota, we produce more energy than most OPEC nations. Nobody's been up there asking us. And and as John, you pointed out, we do it cleaner, better, and safer than anyone else in the world. If Americans cared about the environment only, if that was their only issue, 
you'd want to have every drop and every electron of energy produced in the United and, States. And we're also, Governor, we're also, like you said, we're funding Russia because when oil went from 55 and now it's closer to 90, 95, we're, we're giving Russia the money to fight the Ukraine war. I mean, we're creating our own banana peel. Russia is destroying the Ukraine, and then the American tax, taxpayers are paying for it because we're giving the money to Russia. And then when we have to rebuild the Ukraine, the American taxpayer is going to rebuild it. Go- Governor, exactly. Governor yeah, Pataki exactly. is here. Yeah, we Governor have Governor Pataki in studio. You just came back from Ukraine. Yeah, it's just a disaster. It's a humanitarian disaster. It's a geopolitical disaster. And you're absolutely right. It's Putin carrying on a war, and he gets significant funding. Uh, most of his funding comes from selling oil. Now he's selling it to China because he can't sell it to the West. But uh, we're not just funding Iran and Hezbollah and Iranians, Iran's proxies. We're funding Russia directly through their oil exports. And uh, it's just a horrible thing to see. And, uh, uh, Governor, you mentioned uh, North Dakota is an energy powerhouse. The U.S. was energy independent. Uh, have you uh, followed or commented on Biden's basic uh, war on American energy to, uh, as we see these prices rise, the petroleum reserve collapse and are funding our enemies? Well, absolutely. And he's attacking in every possible way that he can, doing it through rulemaking, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, Bureau of Land Management, EPA, uh, North Dakota, we're the tip of the spear. We're pushing back on over 20 rulemaking efforts that the administration have. When I say rule singular, a rule might be 800 pages long, but they're basically trying to kill uh, the U.S. energy. And take a look at what they're doing to Alaska. After World War II, we created the U.S. Navy Strategic Petroleum Reserve in Alaska. It was the size of Indiana. These permits that Biden gave are equal to about the size of two golf courses in what would be the space of Indiana. And we could be selling clean energy to our allies, Japan, the Philippines, South Korea. But instead, they are all at risk right now with what China's doing in the South China Sea. They also, if there's a disruption with Taiwan, our biggest allies are also cut off from energy. They all import uh, energy. And China, the largest importer of oil and gas in the world, and we have these Biden administrations over there, they're not talking about using our energy powerhouse, our energy dominance in that Cold War negotiations. They're over there talking about CO2 emissions when China is the world's largest polluter and the U.S. has done more than any other country to reduce CO2 emissions. At dinner last night, Governor, what did we say? China is building, what, one coal factory every day? Every week. Every week. week. They're they're opening up one a week. They have 240 permitted. They have more permitted and coming online than we have in the United States. And these aren't 2023 U.S. technology coal plants where we can take, you know, all of the emissions out of a coal plant in the U.S., including the CO2, and have clean baseload. We can do that here with innovation. Over there, they're building 1970s coal plants. And why are they doing that? Well, the Washington Post last week wrote an article praising China for their transition to electric vehicles without mentioning that all those vehicles are powered by coal. And, of course, if you're buying a solar panel or a battery for a, you know, a U.S. subsidy here, if you're, we're, the Biden administration subsidizing a particular kind of vehicle, an electric vehicle, subsidizing that, subsidizing the manufacturers, putting the workers out of work in America to buy a battery made in China. That battery in China is made in a plant made by powered by coal. Wow. And everybody, we are talking to GOP presidential candidate, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. Uh, Judge Weinberg, you have a question. Governor, last night you told a story about a, the problem of the open border and a, a potential terrorist attack. 
which cost lives in North Dakota. Would you tell that to the American people, please? Well, happy to, but I think it's just, we, first we have to get a scope of what's going on with the open border policy, which is creating a national security risk for our country. You can't have national security without border security. And we have, uh, under Joe Biden, just in the two and a half years he's been in office, six and a half million people have come across and been papered as asylum seekers. And to help the listeners put it in perspective, that's every man, woman, and child in Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Joe Biden's home state of Delaware, then throw in Montana, that gets you to six, six and a half million. And then there's another million and a half people that are known gotaways. We've seen them on camera. They've come into the United States, but they have no papers. Then there's another thing on the list, which is unknown gotaways, which we don't know. But even among the eight million we know about, they come from over 100 countries. They come from every country that has people on the terrorist watch list, and they're exploiting exploiting things like the family separation rule. They come in, they know the Biden administration says, oh, we can't separate families. So a a terrorist will come in with an adolescent, claim it's a child, we don't separate them, they move into the U.S. The fact that there could be a Hamas cell that has started in the U.S. in the last two and a half years is totally possible because we know that people have come from Syria, Iran, and China, all these other countries have come across, across that border. And in North Dakota, we had an incident where we lost a policeman, but there was our brave police in North Dakota were successful in taking out uh, someone who had 1,200 rounds of ammunition in their car heading to a had had searched on their laptop computer mass killings and uh, and and large gatherings in the last 24 hours before they were taken out. And, and, and what uh, country? Again, what country were they from? Syria. Wow. Wow. Wow, and he wow, just wow. Walked, he walked over to either the Canadian border to you or the Mexican border. We'll see. Wow. And and I know the uh, North Dakota National Guard, you mentioned, are doing tons of stuff um, at the border. Um, Governor, uh, we wish you so much luck. you got to come back on again soon. And uh, we had so many people, um, even at the dinner last night, that were saying, you really hit it out of the park on the last debate. We're going to be watching the next debate coming up very soon um, and watching for you. And you got to come back on again. Rita, John, great, and Governor Pataki, always been a fan of yours. Uh, keep up the great work, everybody. Judge, great to be with all of you, and uh, let's go, America. Let's go, America. Thank Absolutely. you, Governor. Thank you, Governor. Thank let's you, go Governor. to uh, Ambassador Bolton. I understand his on. Yep, uh, we have uh, former Ambassador John Bolton to the United Nations. Um, Ambassador Bolton, this boy, as everything is exploding, we were just talking, as you probably heard, with Governor Doug Burgum about the border. Uh, it was a Syrian guy who came into North Dakota, looked like he was about to shoot up something, um, and they found tons of munitions. We got a wide open border, and then we have, it looks like, the Mideast exploding, sadly, today. Uh, real concerns. Well, I think uh, Governor Burgum is one of the few candidates who throughout his candidacy so far, which is pre- pretty short, but he stressed from the beginning the importance of national security, uh, which the others have not done uh, until recently. And he stressed the, the interrelationship between energy and national security, which is really critical. So I don't know what his chances are for the nomination, but I wish him good luck because I think people have to be talking about these issues. Uh, and I think you can see what happened uh, Today, what's what could happen now almost any minute uh, if Israel goes into the Gaza Strip, what happens when you have a weak president that, uh, in this case, Iran doesn't fear? Uh, they were responsible for Hamas attacking Israel on October the 7th. I mean, in effect, it was an Iranian attack on Israel using Hamas as its uh, surrogate. Uh, 
uh, and uh, and and this could get bigger because I think Iran doesn't uh, doesn't fear the consequences from the United States. They they probably fear the consequences from Israel more. And I think uh, we could be about to see some of that in the Gaza Strip. You know, I want to ask you, um, Ambassador John Bolton, because today here's our president. He's over there in Israel. And we were just talking about this earlier. His his only response was, if you want to, in, you know, hop into this war, uh, whether it's he's talking to Iran or someone else, don't. That's all he said. And then about the hospital explosion, Israel's showing all this intel that the IDF has. And he all he says, well, it looks like the other team. He just seemed so weak, and, and it really saddens me as an American. Well, I think uh, th- this trip was a high-risk proposition, and it backfired on him even before he left because the meeting he had been scheduled to have with Egyptian President el-Sisi, King Abdullah of Jordan, uh, Mahmoud Abbas of the Palestinian Authority, collapsed uh, because of this, uh, this, uh, this story that it was Israel that had bombed the hospital, when I think now, as, as our own Department of Defense analysis indicates based on what we know it was clearly a failed uh, launch of a palestinian missile so it's uh, uh I, I think uh bb netanyahu got a hug from joe biden uh, i hope that i hope that uh, uh is good for him in any event but uh it you know jim baker's rule when he was chief of staff to ronald reagan was you don't put the president in a situation where he's not going to come out on top and and this was one where uh, i don't think we did he's now been to the region and what's he going to do for a follow-up if that's necessary john this is pete king uh for, again you know thank you for your great service over the years my concern uh, I, a lot of concerns the main one is are we being played with the hostages listen it's terrible for my family over there i'd say do whatever you have to do to get them back but you can't allow 200 hostages to determine the fate of israel the united states and the entire middle east uh, are we being played on this uh, are we are we being held hostage by the hostage situation yeah, I think I think look that the, the uh, Hamas and Iran have been through this before, going back to the creation of the Islamic Revolution when they when they seized our embassy in in uh, Tehran in 1979. Uh, and I think I think Biden has already played into it. I mean, there, there's an argument here that his announcement of a trip to uh, Israel has delayed the pal- the incursion by the Israeli Defense Forces into Gaza by you know two days, perhaps maybe more. Uh, and that leaves the hostages even more at risk, which then allows Hamas to generate more propaganda about the humanitarian situation and the hostages themselves. Every day that goes by puts the hostages at greater risk. Ambassador, how uh, can we be so stupid? Well, you know, we've because we've got a president who completely misunderstands what the real threat in the Middle East is. The real threat is Iran. And frankly, if if the president would explain that, I think it would help with the Arab leaders whose population simply sees the uh, the Palestinians in Gaza and doesn't appreciate the connection with Iran. And, and if they understood the real threat was Iran, I, I think you'd get more support uh, from the Arab world for Israel, which could be very helpful if this thing drags on for a long time, which it could. John, this is George Pataki. If you were still National Security Advisor, what message publicly and privately would you send to Iran today? Well, I'd say that, uh, that they're going to pay a price for unleashing Hamas. You know, Israel is going to has already suffered uh, horrific casualties. It's going to suffer more. Uh, Hamas is going to suffer a lot of casualties. It may be that Hezbollah gets into it shortly after Israel goes into the Gaza Strip. They'll suffer casualties. Who's not suffering here? The perpetrator of the whole thing, the head of the octopus, as some people say, Iran. And uh, 
you know, I think if there's any Israeli prime minister who understands Iran and is willing to do that, it's Bibi Netanyahu. But the U.S. has to make this clear. We understand the dynamics. We understand who the puppet master is. Uh, we understand this is the Qasem Soleimani, former head of the Quds Force. This is his ring of fire strategy around Israel, the little Satan. And we're not going to let it succeed. And they will pay a price in uh, in Iran. Ambassador, and if I, I was... I President of the United States, I would say uh, to Iran that we're going to let Israel do what they have to do, and we're going to back up Israel. Well, I think that's exactly right. Look, I, no, nobody's looking for a general war here. Let's be clear. Yeah. But I think I think Israel has to ask itself the question: If we're going to have a showdown with Iran, would we rather have it now when they don't have nuclear weapons, or do we want to wait until they get nuclear weapons? I think that question answers itself. It's Iran that started this. It's Iran that unleashed Hamas uh, by arming them, training them, equipping them, financing them. Same with Hezbollah. So if it if it if the situation gets worse, we know exactly where the responsibility lies. Thank you, Ambassador Bolton, for coming on, and thank you for everything you do for the American people. And we'll catch up with you again real soon. And now we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, uh, we have Rebecca Weiner, Deputy Commissioner. of NYPD, the New York Police Department of Counterterrorism. And let her report, are we safe in New York? It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. Well, we just had the former, uh, well, the current GOP candidate for president and current North Dakota governor, Doug Bergamon, talking about all the people that are crossing the border, what's happening even in North Dakota as a result, and the concerns at an attack that was thwarted there recently. And joining us now to talk about what's happening in New York is Rebecca Weiner. She is Deputy Commissioner of Intelligence and Counterterrorism at the NYPD. And Rebecca, with all of this, uh, everyone's asking, are we safe? Oops, did we lose her? We're going to get her back. We're going to get her back. Uh, she's probably in the middle of it all. But what do you think, um, Governor Pataki? Do you uh, think gonna, we are? There's no question we're going to be subject to more terrorist attacks. I don't think it'll be anything like September 11th. I pray not. But you're going to see people like in North Dakota who come across the border illegally, get weapons and just kill as many people as they can. All right. And I understand we've got Rebecca Weiner back on. Uh, Rebecca, we lost you there for a second. Um, are we safe? What, what do you think? We're trying to work. Uh, Rebecca, can you hear me? Okay. We're going to try to get Rebecca. We're having some technical issues. Pete, do you think? What do you think? Uh, we just heard from the gov. Even before this whole refugee and Hamas issue, New York is always vulnerable. Thank God we have the NYP doing the job, but they've been hampered in many ways. Uh, it's the best counterterrorism force in the in the world. But as George said, I mean, we are, uh, and the best of times, we're vulnerable. Situations like this, you know, more so. I don't want to be spreading panic, but when you have subways and it's like Times Square and department stores and all, mass gatherings of people. All right. I think we're going to try Rebecca Weiner. Rebecca, can you hear us? I can. Okay, great. Sorry, I'm not sure if we're having uh, technical issues. I know you've got your hands full there with a lot of stuff going on at the NYPD. Um, if people want to know, are we safe in New York? They're concerned, you know, with everything that's happening, with so many folks coming over the border. We just had the governor of North Dakota talking about a, a terrorist attack basically thwarted there. Um, how concerned and are we safe? Can people feel safe in the city? Well, absolutely they can and should. Uh, and thank you, first of all, for having me. Um, absolutely. You know, we all are immersed in all the terrible news about what's going on overseas. 
tensions are high and rising, emotions are strong. Uh, so our threat environment is heightened, and that's why we have deployed extra officers around the city. And we will continue to do that intermittently based on what's happening overseas and flashpoints that we see, because we want to make sure that there's no resonance or reflections back to our city based on what's happening uh, around the world. And I just want to underline that, you know, while we have been saying, and it is remains true, we are not tracking any specific credible or imminent threats to the city, because of this heightened threat environment, um, we are increasing our presence and we're asking the public to remain aware and stay vigilant. But the bottom line is the reason that we're doing all this work is so that New Yorkers can do all of your work and go around and live your daily lives and feel safe and feel calm and know that your police department has your back and is going to continue to do our level best to make sure that violence overseas does not result in violence on our streets. Uh, Commissioner, this is George Pataki. Uh, I had a friend last night who said to someone, uh, you know, I'm concerned we have these hundred plus thousand illegals who have just showed up in New York. And the person said, oh, it's no crime risk because they're all vetted. Do we have a process to vet those 110,000-plus illegals who have come to New York? Do we know who they are, what their background is, or are we simply letting them loose in the city? Well, we work, you know, this NYPD works extensively with our federal partners to deal with the migrant crisis. And I was just on a trip down to um, Colombia and to Ecuador and to Mexico City with a mayor and a team trying to understand what's happening and how folks are getting into and across the border and and, uh, into our city. Um, And, you know, the security risks that we're talking about with regards to Israel, um, these terrorism risks are not at all new to our city. We've dealt with a complicated... But the 110,000 illegals are new to our city. And, and, you know, it's fine to be in Colombia and Venezuela finding out what's happening, but what about the people who are here? What do we know about them? And, you know, we're not allowed to work with ICE because we're a sanctuary city and state. So what do we know about the 110,000 who have come here? So our public safety um, partnership with federal agencies absolutely allows us to deal with any kind of security issue related to all people in the city. Um, So the NYPD deals with crime no matter who the perpetrator is. Uh, and is making sure that we understand a wide range of safety threats to the city. Pete King, real this, quick, yeah. Yeah, Christian, this is Pete King. I remember when Ray Kelly brought you in back in 2006 and how much it helped the department. But have any of the cuts, for instance, have you been forced to cut back on your counterterrorism units as far as surveillance and as far as having the uh, strategic teams that used to go around the city with basically your surprise moves? So, you know, the city has encountered budget cuts, um, and we are dealing with those. But I, our counterterrorism posture and our preparedness and our headcount are all reflective of a desire and um, a, a success in continuing to protect our city. You know, I think we um, have learned over the years where we need to surge resources and when. And what we're dealing with right now in terms of this enhanced posture is officers from our counterterrorism division, our critical response command, our counterterrorism officers who are deployed around the city, heavy weapons teams, our maritime assets, yep. um, working with patrol boroughs and all of the other resources that our department has at its disposal, in addition to the intel division, uh, which helps us make sure that we're monitoring for online threats, 
Rebecca, and understanding threats as they evolve overseas. Yep, yeah, we, yeah, we, we got to wrap. Unfortunately, we have a hard break, but we so appreciate, of course, all the men and women there at the NYPD, the Deputy Commissioner of Intel and Counterterrorism. Uh, thank you. We know that you guys have a tough job. Thank you very, very much. Thank we you. appreciate it. Hey, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. God bless America. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.